0: About that time. For the inside trim. You know that nasty shrimp. Don't wind up on your back bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. Cause you're about to get inside shrimp. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? What's up? We are definitely back. Oh, going back to back with another athlete interview. Then tell that man to ease up. I did another one. I did another one. You still ain't did shit about the other one. Got the drink in me going back to back. Yeah, going back to back. I got the drink in me going to Oh, back yeah. Back. Yeah, I'm going back to back. Ow. Oh, Always going back to back with another athlete interview this week This is episode number 19 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast My name is Brandon Olinger And I am joined alongside by my main partner in crime, Benjamin
1: Watson Going back to back Got that drink for me Going back to back <laughs> I can't even say anything this time What's We sound like up? a
0: bunch of goofballs, man Yeah,
1: man, we're just chilling, having a good time
0: Always all right, as I said, this is episode number nineteen of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One. If you want to send us an email, please do so to the Inside Trip One at gmail.com. Find our podcast someplace out there. It's in all the typical places iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. I don't know. Just it's out there. Yeah, you
1: can you can find it.
0: Download, listen, rate review, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, we got a review recently. We did, we got a good review. Yeah, we, we got a review from a guy that he's from originally from Ohio, but he lives in Pennsylvania now and he's a Penn oh, State fan. He thinks you're going to be the number <laughs> one Penn State fan by 2019. You know, I, I, like, my, I like my Nittany Lions though, right? No, um, so we got a good review. He indicated that uh, you know, he, he, he could tolerate us because he's originally from Ohio, <laughs> but he's actually a Penn State fan. And I think he said that by 2019 that I'd be their number one fan. Uh, maybe because, you know what, it, it's fun to watch him, but... Yeah, you know what? Don't hold your breath. You know what I took
0: away from that more than anything? That he said he can tolerate us. There's not too many people I know that can tolerate us. Look, I'll take
1: a tolerated listener. I'll take that all day long. Yeah, man. So tell me about this week, dog. All
0: right, guys. Listen, last week we were able to bring to you two-time All-American from Nebraska, Eric Montoya. I hope whoever listened to that out there enjoyed it. Eric had a great kind of story to tell. And that's one thing that Ben and I are definitely about. We believe that all these athletes out there, all these wrestlers – have everybody's got a story to tell, and we want to try to bring to you, you know, as many of them as we can. We hope other podcasts do the same. Yeah, um, I
1: think that that's kind of an interesting thing that you just said there, Brandon. Is that you know every wrestler has a story to tell. We love all podcasts, especially all wrestling podcasts. Absolutely. I listen to so many of them, For and, sure. it, and it's great. You know what? It's awesome to listen to somebody like David Taylor speak, and it's awesome to listen to somebody that just won an NCAA title speak. But I think what we can bring and offer, you know, as a podcast that's kind of you know, not affiliated with anybody else is wrestling stories that aren't necessarily always being told like Eric Montoya, the story of a guy who wasn't heavily recruited from New Mexico and ends up being a two time all American. That's a, that's a huge accomplishment for somebody that, you know, is from the state of New Mexico. And that was an awesome story to tell. And I and hope everybody enjoyed that. And this week, you know, Brandon. Yeah. And this week we've got another one for you. Um, you know,
0: listen, all season long, Ben and I have talked multiple times. We've talked about it on the podcast. There were a few wrestlers out there that we were really kind of pulling for—guys who, you know, had had pretty pretty solid careers, successful careers, but maybe just, just struggled at the NCAA tournament or wasn't able to put it all together. And they were searching for that elusive All-American finish. And one of those guys that we were really pulling for this year was Zach Brunson from Illinois, the 174-pounder from Illinois. For those of you that don't know, Zach Brunson was a pretty big recruit coming out of the state of Oregon, which isn't really known as a hotbed for wrestling. Now, don't get me wrong. Sure. They're, come, you know, they're on the come up. But he was a big recruit. He has had some pretty successful seasons over his career. He's been a four-time national qualifier. Won a lot of matches at the NCAA tournament. Correct. Won a lot of matches, period. You know, a four-time national qualifier, four-time Big Ten placer, including a runner-up finish last year. He is uh, in the top 15 for all-time wins at the University of Illinois. Um, a, a solid teammate. Just a really great guy all around. And But the one thing that he has failed to do up until this season was to get on that podium.
1: Yeah, and I think guys like that are people that aren't necessarily getting their story told, right? The story might not be as juicy for, you know the the bigger meat wrestling media outlets, and it's not their fault to to cover. But like I said, again, us not being affiliated, we have the ability to cover these types of cool That's stories. That's what we want to yeah. cover. We cover a story where guys, you know, what do you think? You know, we're asking the guy, what do you think, or what's going through your mind as you're wrestling in the blood round as a senior in college, never getting on the podium, you know? And we get to hear those types of stories, and we want to bring those stories to you because those are stories that I like to listen to. Uh, For sure. Absolutely.
0: I I mean, I couldn't agree more. So anyway, without further ado, we want to go ahead and bring to you the interview that we just did with Zach Brunson. We hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed speaking with you. Um, We feel that he's got a lot of great insight seems like such a great person, a great human being all around. Um, One of the things that Ben and I both picked up on and kind of commented to each other after the interview was you could really tell this guy really, really cares for his teammates, probably the consummate team guy. So let me go ahead and play this for you. We hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, we are joined here tonight live with Zach Brunson from the University of Illinois. That is All-American Zach Brunson. Zach, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How does that feel to hear All-American Zach Brunson?
2: Uh, you know, it feels pretty good. Um, since a little kid, you you look up to these guys. They're like heroes to you, uh, growing up these All-Americans, national champions, and it's not quite what I wanted, but it, uh, it's a pretty satisfying
0: feeling. Awesome. Um, so, what have you been doing since the since the NCAA tournament? You back home, or you you, you still in Illinois?
2: Unfortunately, I'm still in Illinois, stuck uh, doing classwork and whatnot. So, uh, celebration ended pretty quickly. Right back to the grind.
1: Oh, they're still making you go to class, huh? That's not that's messed up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, all right, man. So, uh, let's just go ahead and get into this. Uh, again, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, Ben and I had done a lot of talking before the NCAA tournament. There was a few people, a few guys that, that we thought really had interesting stories and guys that we were really rooting for at the NCAA tournament. You were definitely one of them. Um, knowing that this was your senior year, you were kind of aiming for that elusive all American that, that just kind of was slipped out of your grasp that, you know, the the last three years. So thanks for joining us. Mm Um, so let me ask you this. You are originally from Oregon, so let's just go ahead and start talking about that a bit. How big is the wrestling out there in Oregon?
2: Um, you know, it's not bad. Uh, the only problem is it's kind of a low-population state, so, uh, and it's real spread out. So um, you have some isolated pockets with uh, some pretty competitive guys, but as a whole, the state kind of uh, falls behind. But for uh, how the population is, I think we do really well, and uh, we're getting better fast out in Oregon. So you know, you... we're, we're frequently sending guys.
1: Oh, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry about that.
2: Yeah, no, I'm saying, I mean, we're frequently sending guys to this one. It's definitely on the up, you know. Uh, in the past, we haven't been known as a big wrestling state, but I think it's heading more in that direction.
1: When you were in high school, did you do a lot of training in Oregon, or did you have to travel around to kind of, in the summers, to find different partners, or what did you do to, I guess, make yourself as as good as you were in high school?
2: A lot of it, I think, was luck. You know, I got uh, uh, an area with, you know, the best high school coach in the state, uh, and him being a huge influence on me—I uh, mean, a lot of it was chance. You know, if I wasn't born in that area and got to work with uh, Scott Kearney out in Eugene, uh, I definitely wouldn't have been where I am today.
1: So, do you plan on going back to Oregon? I heard it's pretty nice out there.
2: Oh, it's amazing. Uh,
1: I'd like to someday, but uh, I got aspirations
2: to coach, so I kind of gotta uh, go where the uh, offers are. Oh, no doubt. See where life takes me. That's cool. But uh, someday.
0: Um, all right. So speaking of high school, uh, by our research, you were a four-time state champion. Um, I see you were a two-time Fargo champ. You won it as a cadet. You won it as a junior. Um, I think you won your juniors match, your junior title over Edwin Cooper, right? Yep. Nice. Um, from all accounts, I show you anywhere as a top 20 to top 50 recruit. What, what other colleges were interested in you?
2: Uh, you know, I had a couple places looking, you know, um, you know, I took visits to Oregon State, uh, Minnesota, Missouri, and Cornell, and, uh, and of course, Illinois. So it was a pretty rigorous process. It was pretty hard narrowing it down, for sure, because, uh, you know, a lot of those places had phenomenal coaches and great programs. So No doubt. Uh, it was quite the process, especially being, you know, I mean, people underestimate, you know, what these you know 17, 18-year-old kids have to do with the recruiting process. You know, it's one of the biggest life decisions you make, and you're still a boy. It's... Uh, it's pretty uh it's pretty hard on them, that's for sure.
1: Well talk about that a little bit more. Like did you you know, I don't know your your background and your family situation, but you know, did you lean on specific people when you were trying to make their decision?
2: Yeah, um actually my parents were uh they're really good about it. They uh they pushed me to really make a, a decision on my own. That way, you know, it's something where I could uh live with the rest of my life knowing I gotta make the decision. Uh but you know, when you take five recruiting visits and you have coaches calling and texting and and they're all fighting for you. It uh it gets to wear on you. And by the time I know when uh by time I was done with the recruiting process, I was glad it was over.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. So ultimately what made you decide on Illinois? You know, uh they had
2: two big things. Um one, they had a team where the uh the the competitors on the team, the athletes, were uh, incredibly close. I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, on a different team. Uh, everyone on the team were almost like their brothers, their best friends. They lived together. They trained together. They did everything. It was phenomenal. And second was uh, Illinois had a really fired up coaching staff. Uh, they had just brought in Mark Perry, uh, Heffernan. He uh, uh, had only been a couple years head coach and uh, he was uh, making a lot of good moves to uh, get the program going where he wanted to go. So the coaching staff was really fired up. It was kind of the atmosphere I wanted to be around.
0: Oh, for sure. Um... In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, Illinois, you were part of a pretty good Illinois class that year, right? I think it was you, um, Zane Richards was a part of that Zane. class, and then Nico Reyes, correct?
2: Yeah, I think we were a top five or six class, I had to say. Oh, I, I definitely. Was up there, um, uh, which is great, uh, and a lot of it, you know, me, Zane, Nico, uh, we all went on the recruiting trip together, you know, that was the recruiting trip, I think, a lot of. Us all going there because you know we kind of all agreed when we went on that trip. This was kind of the spot for us.
0: Really, had you guys had a relationship like in you know before that? No, not at all. We uh, actually—that's the first time we met was recruiting trip. Nice, nice. So you mentioned Mark Perry. You know, was kind of new there as well. Talk to me about Mark Perry as a coach. He seems like an um, extremely—he—he seems like he you know obviously has a very high wrestling IQ. Um, i 've heard great things about him as a coach, but i 've never got to hear about it directly from someone who 's been coached by him. What are your thoughts on him as a coach? Uh, Mark 's a phenomenal coach, and he 's really he 's got two assets to him that that he
2: just rises above all the other coaches in the country he's one uh when he 's in the room he 's got an aura of intensity around him uh when he 's coaching there 's just more excitement, more pop in the room. you know guys are more fired up when he 's in there. Uh, which I've never seen another coach able to pull off like he can. And second, he is a student of the game uh, through and through. Uh, he is constantly watching the highest levels of world and Olympic wrestling uh, and, and finding out techniques. And that's why you watch a Illinois lineup. We're hitting moves that are three, four years down the road at the NCAA level because Mark's bringing in the top techniques from the world and Olympic level.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, obviously, he has had a pretty great impact on the program since then.
1: Yeah, Zach, so what kind of impact did he specifically have on you? You know, did you wrestle with him at all? Or I guess how else did he impact your wrestling specifically?
2: I'm, I guess, you know, um, he, uh, he was kind of like that that big brother role where, you know, Heffernan did a good job of kind of parenting for the team. But he was
0: kind of more, you know, he was the guy who's firing you up before him at this just curious in your, in your opinion, the uh, Oh, I think we're cutting out a little bit. I apologize for that. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay. Um, so in your opinion, why do you think, uh, why do you think Mark's not a head coach right yet right now?
2: Oh, uh, he's young. Um, you know, you look at Heffernan's head coach. Now he was assistant for 17 years like that. Um, he's got plenty of time. He'll be a head coach someday, no doubt, but, uh, he's still young. You know, a lot of these things, you know, being a head coach, watching Heffernan, uh, coach the the responsibilities they have is unbelievable and it it takes years of experience to develop that uh which is why you're seeing you know the most head coaches are you know older and experienced guys and uh mark will get there someday but uh you'll get it when it's time
1: so about heffernan then he's an ohio boy as you probably know we're you know we're two ohio guys so yep. we, we love our ohio boys um talk to me i know you said he's more of a you know Mark was kind of a father figure to you as well, but talk to me about, you know, what's, he- what Heffernan's done at Illinois and kind of how he affected your, um, your wrestling career.
2: Uh, Heffernan kind of just takes the whole team, you know, uh, through and through for me personally, you know, he, he he's the guy who's making sure on that class, you know, being a responsible citizen, doing all the things that, that not just make you good wrestlers, but makes you good, good, a good human being. Uh, and I mean, uh, he's incredibly influential, uh, even as the head coach, having to deal with all the administration stuff uh, for our entire team. Uh, he's really in there day in and day out helping us.
0: So who? which coach typically is running practices? Mark is usually one running practices. But, I mean, they all
2: have ways, you know,
0: uh, helping develop
2: techniques and running drills. But uh, Mark's the guy who's usually in, their, in the nitty-gritty, uh, you know, getting guys fired up and, and, and structuring the practices.
1: Jesse Delgado's still around? Yeah, he's
2: actually a volunteer assistant. He that, was uh, out mat side for a bunch of it. Oh, uh,
1: you still there's that? Oh, yeah, sorry. No, so uh, so uh, I, I thought I, I thought I read that he was still around. Um, talk to me about him. You So you had the opportunity to not only wrestle with him, but also to him kind of be a, in a coach for you.
2: Uh, yeah, well, Jesse, I uh, lived with Jesse for years, so we're really close. He's one of my best friends. Uh so so, it's hard to you know uh, view him as a coach because, you know, I spent years hanging out with him and <laughs> sure. outside of the wrestling room. So so when he's Matt's side, uh, it, it's it's awkward. But, you know, once you kind of get into the zone, he's in there and he loosens up a bit, and, and uh, he really ended up becoming uh, one of my favorite coaches to have in the corner of the season.
1: So talk to me about his Jesse senior year, if you don't mind me kind of going off to him a little bit. Obviously, that was pretty a tough senior mm-hmm. year. Were you living with him during that yeah. time? Tell me about that.
2: Um, I was... Was I living with him? Uh, yes, I was living with him at the time. You no, know, he had some uh, health issues. Uh, it's hard to wrestle right. college, especially at Big Ten, for five years without having something go wrong.
1: No doubt, man. Um,
2: and But he is the toughest guy. You know, He was wrestling with an injury that would have uh, ended most people's careers, uh, but he still muscled through it and, and gave it an honest chance, You know, and he was right there at the end. Right. He, he really hanged his head after that one.
1: It was, it was Honestly, it was tough to watch, and I only say that because – you have so much, excuse me. Us as fans have so much respect for him, and to see him kind of go out on the, on the on, not on his terms, right? It was tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think.
0: But uh, he's all
2: healed up, and he's going to be out at
1: uh, U.S. Nationals here soon. So we're excited for him. He's going to go, uh,
2: get, bring Illinois a uh, world title now after his two NCAA titles.
0: Oh, that's awesome! I'm glad to see he's going to be competing again. Um, so, okay, I got to, I got to ask this just because you're on, you know, you're on the team with him what's it like having a guy like Isaiah Martinez on that team?
2: You know, 90% of the time, it's just like any other guy. Again, Isaiah's another guy I lived with, close friend. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a guy who's, you know, he's a guy who helps you in class. But uh, when it comes to actual wrestling time, uh, the, guy, the guy's a phenom when it comes to training. You know, he he's in there. Uh, he's a year younger than me, and he's still a role model for every guy in the room just because he, uh, he works so damn hard. Uh, so so it is unique having him, but uh, once you step outside the wrestling room, he's, you know, he's another friend of mine.
0: Nice. Um, what was it like as a team having to kind of watch him take that first loss in the NCAA finals this year?
2: You know, we all heard it for him. Uh, we want nothing but the best for Isaiah. And, and a lot of that's because we understand how good he is. I mean, he's a win or lose. He was still the pound pound guy in the entire tournament. Uh, but he's he's a mature, he coped with it well. He's he's already getting fired up and wanting to get back into training, uh, and he's got bigger things on his mind in the long run. He'll go win his NCAA title next year, but he's thinking world and Olympic titles. So I think this is a pretty minor roadblock for him. But we're all right there supporting him for whatever moves he want to make. He wants to make next. Nice.
1: Yeah, and I think that just goes to show like how crazy the NCAA tournament is. You know, you you had the privilege and you know to wrestle in four of them. You know, and I, and I look at your junior year as an example. I think you were the five seed, and, like, mm-hmm. actually, the two seed, the two through four seeds lost first round, and actually six of the eight All-Americans were, I think, seated below you with a couple unseated All-Americans. I mean, what, what, what's your experience wrestling in that tournament?
2: I mean, it's a crazy experience. You know, our entire careers are based off of one, you know, one tournament, one three-day weekend. Uh, you know, you could have the greatest in, uh, career throughout the season, but if you don't show up come tournament time, uh you end up a nobody and forgotten where a guy who could be 500 who just is hot at the end of the year gets on the podium, you know, he's forever remembered. Uh, so, so it's, it's unique to the sport of wrestling really. Uh, but, uh, getting to wrestling tournament is unbelievable. The atmosphere is, is like nothing else.
0: So, you know, Ben, already, you know, we've already talked about, you were a four-time national qualifier. I think you went two and two your first year at one Um, you're, then you went three and two the next year at 174. I believe you lost in the blood round to uh, Kokish from Nebraska. Um, yep. And then you went two and two last year, your junior year. Talk about your mindset. You know, give us a few. You know, a minute or so about the mindset going into your senior season. And did did you feel added pressure going into this year?
2: Yeah, I mean that was a big part of uh, my senior season. Is is I did have a lot of
0: pressure about uh, you know ending a career
2: or uh, ending a college career with, you know, a satisfying feeling in the end. Um, and it took some time to get over it. I, you know, I had a couple of hiccup matches early and uh, I think, you know, that might've played a part, but uh, I think it ended up coming around. And I felt pretty satisfied with how it all ended. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, these guys, uh, I mean, like I said, you know, it's the, the NCAA tournament's where the pressure's at though, because that's where, you know, that's where the whole career is defined.
0: I mean, yeah, you by all accounts, you had a really good season this year. I mean, I think you you got your most wins this year. I think it was 32 wins. Um mm-hmm. you won your 100th career match this se- you know, this season. I think you're what are you tied for 15th all time on Illinois' list? Yeah, it's got to be uh somewhere on there. Yeah, I think you're in the top 15. Um Ben and I were fortunate enough to watch you wrestle at the All-Star Classic where you beat Ethan Ramos from North Carolina. Um You know, you placed top four at the Big Ten tournament and then was able to finally get that, uh, I don't know, what do you call it, bend the proverbial monkey off the back and get that All-American this year. That's a pretty good season.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, going into any season, every athlete in the country, it doesn't matter what they say, their goal is to be on the top of the podium at the end of the year. And, and, uh, you know, I gave myself an honest shot. I thought I could, but things didn't quite end up. But uh, I'm I'm definitely uh, happy with how things ended up.
1: So talk to me about so you wrestled in the blood round twice, right? You wrestled in it this year and yep. then your in your sophomore year. Talk, yep. talk to me about the mindset of going into that blood round match, because that can't be like any other match. I mean, that literally is like you said, wrestlers are judged on the three days the in March. Talk to me about that one match, because in that match, that's what, that's what you're going to be judged on.
2: You no, know, I'd be lying if i scared or nervous. I definitely was. Um, but, you know, we we're real. Uh, me and the coaches were really happy with the uh, matchup. We had uh, Navy, uh, Bernstein. Uh, we knew if we got on top and got after him, uh, we could turn, uh, I could turn him. Uh, so, yeah, I had a lot of nerves going into the match. But once I got on top, got my stuff going, the things just dissipate. You know, uh, people talk about being uh, worried about that blood round match. But th- that's a pre-match. You know, once the once whistle blows, it's just another match. It's just nervous. <laughs> and fighting again
1: so talk to me about that match versus when you wrestled Kokesh in the blood round two years before that what was there a different feeling or anything Uh, Kokesh was he was a lot better than me at the time (laughs) Uh, Kokesh is pretty uh,
2: good I I, I actually I had a a really close match with Kokesh early in the year where uh, I was down one and clipped his heels a couple times and almost had him so I knew going in I had a shot but uh, you know he was seasoned at the time I was still young wrestling kind of young and tight and nervous for the tournament and um uh, same thing we started competing he got a he got a turn on me and uh it was just you know come blood round if you get a takedown and turn that's a match. Uh you don't see that turn around very often. True. Okay, so
1: looking back on your high school career versus what you accomplished in college, what did you do and I know this is an unfair question because you're always gonna say, No, I didn't mm-hmm. do as much as I thought but you know like, truthfully, did you do more, or less, or kind of similar to what you thought you were going to end up doing?
2: Oh, not even close to what I was going to end up doing. Uh, I was convinced in high school I was going to win four titles undefeated. Uh, but, uh, which most college wrestlers find out pretty quickly, is, is things aren't as easy as you predict they're going to be. You know, um, I thought it was going to be a lot like high school, uh, where I was going to walk in and, and, and be the man. Uh, but I could learn some hard lessons about, you know, those first two years where uh, – I wasn't, you know, training at the kind of level I needed to be. You know, sure. I wasn't uh, taking my nutrition and strength training, you know, kind of uh, the extra stuff to where it needed to be. And uh, uh, where you, you know, I think that that really is uh, the difference I needed to make as the uh, years went on.
0: I, I think those are all great points there. I think you know, a lot of kids that wrestle in high school, especially the really good ones, don't really understand the difference or the jump it is going from high school to, to obviously the D one level. Um yeah. Going back to that match with Bernstein this year, um mm-hmm. when you walked off that match after getting your hand raised, was it excitement or was it relief?
2: Um I would say excitement, you know. Um I had kind of, you know, gone in tournament and accepted that, you know, win, lose, national champ, all American, nothing. Uh but, you know, the career I was still satisfied with my career. So it was it was a, getting excitement for me. Because, uh, you know, it was something I wanted since I was a child. Uh, By that, I don't think I'd necessarily call it a sense of relief.
0: Wow, that's interesting, man. I would have, if it was me, I'm sitting here thinking I'd probably walk off going,
1: woo! Yeah, it would, I would take a deep <laughs> sigh of relief. <laughs> to be honest deep. with you, and that's, that, that's cool that that's not the way you felt, but that to me, I, that's the way I think I would feel, right? That just shows the different mindset. I mean,
2: I get it, that's for
0: sure. Uh, that's why he's an All American. <laughs> we're sitting here we're interviewing. Sitting, him.
1: Yeah, interviewing him. Yep. You're exactly right. Uh,
0: so, I mean, obviously, you have had the, uh, I don't know, the fortune or misfortune of being a part of some e- extremely loaded weight classes. I mean, there was a couple of years where 174 was kind of considered the the grinder of the NCAA tournament. Um, give me one guy that you wrestled, I, I want to know, this year and then also for your career, who you were just like, man, that guy gave me fits, or he was the toughest guy I wrestled, or you walked off the mat saying, I just, I don't want to wrestle this guy anymore. Uh,
2: You know, I've always kind of had that style where I felt uh, any given day, uh, if my things click, I could beat anyone, uh, regardless of rankings and things like that. Uh, I think that was just always a unique trait I had. But uh, one guy this year particularly gave me fits, uh, Valencia, I got to give the kid credit. He's young. Uh, but the way he can drop elevations in a split second, and uh, oh, yeah. he's a phenomenal athlete. He was a—he uh, was one guy. I wasn't excited to go and wrestle a second time, uh, just because I knew he, he's so hard to get his hands on, get him moving. Uh, and I think he's going to be pretty
1: dangerous here in a few years. Oh man, his—I've noticed that about him when I've watched film on him. His level change is insane.
0: And it's not only that; you combine his level change with his his length and his reach. Yeah, I mean, jeez, he gets those—he gets a hand on you from from such a distance. It's insane. What was it like wrestling him this year?
2: Uh, you know, again, you know, I had a couple of close ones uh, or the first one was close. And, uh, yeah, it's just like I said, it's one of those things. The kid's a phenomenal athlete, um, but he's still young. Uh, you know, uh, you know, when you wrestle a guy like that and you're a senior, fifth year, a lot of it is you're trying to, you know, kind of out season him, you know, uh, beat him on the hustles, beat him on uh, the late round takedowns and stuff like that. But uh, uh, things didn't quite go my way. Uh Dealing with that, uh, those things you're just talking about—that reach and that length and the strength—but uh, uh, once he starts, uh, you know, here in three, four years when he's seasoned and and has his own old man tricks of his own, uh, he's pretty dangerous.
1: <laughs> so he might uh, go up to 184 next year, and might mm-hmm. you, you know might clash uh, clash with the Titans with Bo Nickel. I think he wrestled Bo Nickel once in a duel as well. Talk to me about that.
2: Um, you know, Bo. Uh, Bo was uh, unique, you know. Um, he was another guy uh, where I think, uh, you know, in our dual meet, I thought I out-wrestled him, a couple things went wrong, but in our Big Ten, he kind of exposed a weakness that I had the entire time. It was one of those things where it was like a technical
1: flaw. Sure. Um, what was that? Are uh, you going to share it now? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, share it now. Um, <laughs> I've had a weakness with uh, uh, being underhooked, knee-picked by tall guys. And really? so he hit it like times. To- yeah, so he hit it like six times in a row, just the same and just kind of exposed me. Uh, I cleaned it up, it was, you know, uh, later. Uh, gotcha. But yeah, it was, it was a, a big hole in my game I needed filled out. But he didn't, yeah, he never quite had that same level of athleticism uh, having to overcome with Valencia this year. All right. So, uh, but uh, he's still, a, he's just still a top guy,
1: so uh, no say, doubt. Say they meet at the uh, All-Star Wrestling match here um, next year. Uh, who are you picking?
2: Uh, if I don't, you know, I don't like to root against one wrestler or, or, or another, but, uh, if I'm putting money down, I'm, uh, I'm taking Valencia. Oh,
1: wow. all right. All right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to make sure to use that as our sticking point here for this interview. No, no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding.
0: It's funny. Ben and I like all season long, we're like, we, we give Bo no respect. And then finally we're just like, damn it. That guy's pretty good. That's not
1: true. I've given Bo respect <laughs> forever. You have not given him okay, respect. Okay, okay. Anyway, sorry. Zach, we know this interview's about you. But so, I, I just find it interesting uh, to kind of talk to other wrestlers about people they've wrestled. I think that's kind of interesting. Absolutely. So,
0: so you mentioned Valencia this year. Talk to me about for your career, man. I mean, you were a part of some loaded 174 weight classes with the Kokish and Storley and Brown and Evans and – all those guys. Was Heflin in the weight at one? No, 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 no. Um, who's a guy that when you look back on for your career, you're just like, man, that guy, that guy was a tough sob on the mat.
2: You know, to be honest, it, it wasn't a guy I was wrestling in uh, competitions. I got to give a, a shout out to uh, my old teammate Conrad Poles. Um, you know, a, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, uh, you know, he battled a lot of the same problems I had with pressure and, and anxiety going into matches. Uh, and watching him uh, overcome that, uh, to become, you know, take fourth in the uh, NCAAs the same year, Kyle Dake and, and David Taylor were in his weight class. Uh, but wrestling him in the practice room, he was, he might be the best wrestler I've ever actually had wrestled in person. And, uh, you know, I'd take uh, Conrad Poles in the practice room over uh, Dake or Taylor that year, you know, 50% of the time.
0: Nice. Uh, th-
2: this guy who was really a guy who uh, kind of went unnoticed was really one of the best guys in the country.
0: Very cool. I would not have expected you to say that. Though. That's that's pretty cool.
1: That's really cool. Uh, okay, so you know, Zach. Obviously, you had a you had a successful career. You won a lot of matches at nationals, and you capped it off. Well, hold on, real quick. I have a question. So you mm-hmm. ended up, you ended up taking sixth this year, right? Yep. And you're walking off the mat, and, <laughs> and I yell at you, and I go, "Good year, Brunson!" And you gave me the thumbs up. You probably didn't know True that was story. me, but you gave me a thumbs up after you walked off your final match. And then you tossed your headgear into the trash. Is that true or not true?
2: That is true, yes.
1: I saw it. And at I
2: plan on wearing it
0: again.
1: I went down and I grabbed it and I'm wearing it right now. No, I'm just kidding, I didn't do that. <laughs> but so what up with that?
0: Ben's mad you didn't throw the headgear up at him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh I have a passionate hate for headgear. I refuse to wear it at practice. I'm <laughs> nice. blows, blows my mind. They still make grown men wear it in matches. Uh so I was just finally ready. I'll never wear a piece of headgear again. You
1: know? I agree. I think that grown men should be able to make their own decisions. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, especially when it comes to your ears.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's not like it's protecting a concussion or anything. It's literally so your ears... Yeah, no. Playing. Now, do you, do you have a girlfriend? Do, you know, do chicks dig the cauliflower ear? Tell me about that.
2: Oh, don't be wrong. The ladies love the cauliflower ear. I've been complimented many times. I'll oh, tell me what that. But that. Uh, that has not ended up with me with any girlfriends, though, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> nothing yet, huh?
0: No, no, nothing yet. You got a lot of time left. Well, so,
2: let's hope so. My, I don't know. My mom's freaking out. She wants grandkids, so <laughs> I ain't oh, got that Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey,
1: dude, I'm 33 years old, and I don't have so – I'm, I'm married and don't have grandkids yet, so don't worry. Tell your
0: mom to slow her roll. You got some time. <laughs> All right, so I think, I think where Ben was going basically was, you know, you've had – by all accounts, you've had a pretty successful career. I mean, I know it wasn't the career that you wanted. Um, you know, everybody wants to be a four-time national champ. Everybody wants to be a national champ. But other than other than being a national champ, what is what is one thing that you wish you would have or could have accomplished throughout your career? Ooh, one thing. Uh, wow. Uh, I mean, if you got two, feel free to give us two. I don't care.
1: Yeah, three is fine too. This is your show, bud.
0: Uh, you
2: know, I uh, what I wanted, you know, I went in, Big Ten's first match of the tournament, uh, stuck the guy in 16 seconds, uh, yes. and tied Kokush's record at 16. You know, I really would have liked to have gotten 15. Oh, uh, we I need, think we that would have a neat
1: one to have. We need to do uh, a review on that. Make, uh, it might have been 15. I don't know.
2: I thought the ref cheated me out a second. He was a little slow to get down to the mat, but. Uh, you mean Perry? Uh, that's what I would have liked to have gotten.
0: I, I would have given Mark Perry an earful for not raising that flag to challenge it. stop. I said I would have you know, given Mark review. Perry an earful to say you review that. <laughs> uh,
2: well, hey, what? You yeah, th-
0: that one.
2: That one. That one keeps me up at night.
1: <laughs> what do you think about college review? I know we're getting off topic, but I want to hear a wrestler's or a former college wrestler's perspective on what they think about college review.
2: Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan necessarily. Uh, in the way it, it, it's like uh, done, you know, I like how freestyle. Uh, the review is much better because it's fast. You go, you take one look, you make up your mind. We're college. Uh, we're spending three, four, five minutes, and uh, and it's influencing matches. You no, know, I, I won't say what's match, but I had a match this year where you know the review let a guy get a big breather on a guy who's known for being out for of shape. sure, state. for sure. Uh, so you got a five minute. He got a five minute break halfway through the match. Um, I, I I like the idea that you only get one per duel and three per tournament, uh, but there needs to be a system to speed up the the. Uh, uh, reviews where the reviews are taking you know 30 40 seconds at most
1: i i couldn't agree more i remember that match who was that against again <laughs> <laughs> no not gonna not gonna bite huh yeah, you bite no no not on this one that's funny <laughs> um
0: so i think you mentioned earlier a high school coach that obviously had a big impact on your career um was there anybody else other than him that you would say really impacted your wrestling career
2: You know, uh, it's kind of the cliche one, but yeah, I got it. I got props to my dad. You know, he was the one who introduced me at at a little age. Uh, You know, he helped me fall in love with the sport. You know, he he pushed me the right amounts, you know, uh, uh, you know, made sure that, you know, I was committed to to go on my hardest matches and wasn't stressed about just the wins and losses. He was he was a huge influence. uh, uh, if not the biggest influence for sure.
0: I take it he was the one driving you all over the place to go to practices and training sessions and then tournaments on the weekends as a kid?
2: Constantly waking up at 5 a.m. to go, you know, uh, to wrestle format, you know, across the state. You know, Oregon's such a big state. You know, travel was – you have to travel to get to tournaments. So, yeah, that was a, a part of our lifestyle. You know, when I was a little kid, that was normal. You know, I didn't realize that that wasn't what all families did.
0: So I should have asked this earlier, but I just I want to know your opinion since you're from Oregon – What what are your thoughts on on, on Oregon not having a a college team? And do you think it'll ever come Uh, back? You know, I
2: hope it does someday. Um, I wouldn't bet money on it. You know, I'm from Eugene, where the University of Oregon is. Uh, My high school coach was brothers with the uh, head coach at the University of Oregon at the time. So I was always in and out of the program, you know, uh, hanging out with wrestlers, going to camps, going to meets. And, you know, growing up as a kid, these – these Oregon athletes were heroes to me, you know, these were my idols. Uh, and by no means were the best guy in the country, but these were the guys I liked more than anyone else. You know, you know guys like Tony Overstate and Jeremy Andrew and Shane Webster, these guys, you know, sure. uh, huge role models to me. And so when they cut the program, uh, it was pretty devastating. Uh, that and the way they cut it was uh, pretty brutal.
0: Yeah, the way they uh, cut uh, it was and, kind and, of a and, mess. And,
2: and uh, the University of Oregon's got so much money and Nike behind them. Uh, they really need a men's wrestling program. Uh, I think it's ridiculous that they haven't returned it yet, but uh, I'm really rooting for them someday to bring it back.
0: How old were you when they cut that program, if you don't mind me asking? Do you remember? I think
2: I was. Uh, so I was freshman in high school.
0: What was kind of the, and I, again I know we're getting off topic, but it's nice to be able to talk to somebody who was kind of on the front line of this. What was kind of the 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 feeling or the morale uh, in that area when they cut the program? You know, in the wrestling community, was it shock? I'm assuming. Um, I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, it really kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few people saw it coming, uh, uh, so it was complete uh, disarray as far as cross wrestling community. Um, I mean, the people came to support. You know, the amount of money raised uh, was unbelievable to keep the program, and uh, it was really a lot of people were just furious in the way that it was handled. Uh, And and if you go back to Oregon now, people are still bitter across the state about the ways that uh, the U of O dropped the program. Uh, People have definitely not forgotten.
1: And and you're thinking potentially they're probably never going to start a program again, at least not any time in the near future.
2: Um, It doesn't look like it right now. You know, I try to keep tabs, but –
0: uh, I'm hoping they do someday come around, you know it's amazing too I think you you know you said it earlier, and it's so true that university has so much money, especially with the backing of Nike and everything that they they have enough money to fund a wrestling team for the men and fund a woman's wrestling team if it's you know if it's title IX concerns or whatever one hundred
2: percent uh absolutely true you know um uh the fact that it wasn't just that that ruined it it's uh they could have kept the wrestling team uh but they added baseball, baseball. and and yep. uh uh, uh, competitive cheerleading, and uh, the re- it, it didn't add up for why they, I both a male and female sport needed to cut another male
0: sport. You know, it's weird too because you know you're from out west. There's a lot of good wrestling out west, and a lot of good wrestlers that come from out west. But there are just not mm-hmm. a lot of D one options for these wrestlers out west, and it's kind of sad if you mm-hmm. think about it.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, fortunately for us, Fresno State just picked up the program, so that's yep. huge. So at least we got oh, another yeah. one out there. But, uh, you know, we need uh, two programs in, in Oregon. You know, we need a program. Washington has zero uh, Division one programs. We need a program in Washington. We need two in Idaho. Uh, I mean, the West Coast is, is kind of an untapped potential of wrestling with you know, no powerhouse states, you know, like California. Uh, we need more uh, college uh, opportunities for these kids so they can stay close to home.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, don't you think some of those programs out there are underachieving a little bit? you know Oregon State, Boise State now, recently, you know Cal State Bakersfield. You know, we talk about wanting teams on the West Coast, but we have these teams and and do you think it's either a they're underachieving because maybe the um Adla- athletic administration isn't quite behind them 100% like they are out, you know, in the East and the Midwest?
2: Um, you know, uh, they're underachieving uh, which uh yeah, you can make a case for. Uh, you know, you you know uh, uh Oregon State's been uh pretty good recently in, in, uh, Stanford's on the way up and Arizona's on the way up, uh, or sorry, Arizona state. Um, but, uh, yeah, you make a point, they aren't our team, but I don't think that should be relevant to, uh, the number of teams we have, you know, uh, if we want teams to be successful on the West coast, let's have 15 teams. Uh, one of them is going to figure it out and we're going to be, have a successful team, but, uh, whether they're all terrible, I still want our guys, you know, on the West coast to have great opportunities.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a great point. Um, so, all right, let's get let's get back on to you. Um, obviously, your, your college career is over. Um, you're a multiple-time a- academic All-Big Ten. Um, what is your plan for after co- If you don't mind me asking, what is your major?
2: Uh, so I graduated with a degree in uh, kinesiology, and I'm currently working on my master's in uh, recreation, sport, and tourism
0: awesome man so what is your what's your plan that for for once you're done with that I know you mentioned coaching are are you done wrestling no you don't are you gonna are you not going to compete internationally at all
2: um you know uh schooling's about to come to an end here this semester I really want to get into uh college coaching okay. uh you know whether it be here at the university of Illinois or or somewhere else so you know I'm kind of uh got to start you know looking around and and here soon and and, and seeing who's calling and taking everything seriously but uh uh as far as competing you know uh, i battled a lot of injuries and had problems with my knees and 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 whatnot so um i want to spend probably a year healing and we'll see from there if uh i got a little freestyle in me i've always viewed myself as a better better freestyle wrestler than i was a collegiate wrestler so uh i wouldn't mind getting back into it someday possibly but we'll see how everything heals up
0: have you uh have you talked to coach heffernan and coach perry about possibly being a coach with uh with illinois
2: a little bit. Uh we're gonna sit down here this week and uh
1: hopefully we can work something out.
0: Oh nice, you gotta keep us updated on that man.
1: Oh well, I will. All right, so besides the people we know all about, give us one Illinois wrestler that's on the team right now that we're gonna you know, hear about next year and say, Wow, we didn't know much about him, but this dude is legit.
2: Uh I got one guy in mind that's perfect for this. Um He's not a household name yet. He's going to be quick. Uh, and it's Emery Parker, our 184 pounder. Uh, this kid came in never a state champion, uh, couldn't make the team the first year this year. He was literally seconds away from being in the national semifinals. Um, he is a phenomenal athlete who learns incredibly fast, works really hard. And I think he's going to be uh, a serious threat to anyone at that 184 pound weight class, uh, next year. I think, uh, there was not just one dark horse on the uh, University of Illinois team, I'd say there was one in the country to keep an eye on. I think it's this kid is going to be the real deal and uh, really soon. Dude, he beat Miles
1: Martin. I mean, yeah. We, yeah. We're we going to agree with you there. Yeah, we, we watched that match. That was pretty disheartening was, for us. It's oh, funny. Yeah. And it
0: was no fluke, trust me. You know who – I'll tell you, Emory Parker was really impressive this year, and you're right. He was kind of an unknown. But I'll tell you what. There was another guy that really impressed Ben and I going on go, – towards the end of the year, you know, Big Tens, National Tournament, whatnot, and that was Piotrowski. Am I saying his name right?
2: Yeah, Piotrowski, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's a true freshman for us. Uh, You know, we uh, have struggled at that weight class since Jesse had left, so it was an amazing morale booster for us, this kid to step in, uh, not redshirt and just decide, you know, day one he was going to start competing, going hard, uh, and, and giving us the team points we needed for the year.
1: Yeah, he was kind of a scrappy guy, man.
0: Oh, yeah. kid could fight. Really turned it on in the second half of the season. Yeah,
1: we watched him at the Ohio State-Illinois duel. Um, just put it on, J-Rod. He beat the crap out of J-Rod. Were you thinking you were going to wrestle Bojo at that duel or what? I was.
2: I was a little – I'm not going to lie. I was bummed. Yeah, um, so tell me about that. Uh, you know, number, he was ranked number one in the country. I was fired up. I was ready for him. Uh, you know, I was still mad to this day. I haven't gotten a chance to uh, wrestle him just because, you know, I've already developed game plans for it and everything but uh you know bad ankle or something i can't remember what his injury was but uh it's just the way it is sometimes you know uh can't blame the guy for skipping a match to focus on uh the NCAA tournament and obviously paid off making the NCAA finals
1: so so what's the game plan to beat Bojo
2: oh uh to get on top i thought uh i thought i could uh, put the pressure on him once i got on top
1: so you so you like so you think you're like i mean you like being on top huh it sounds like that that's oh, where you course. feel most comfortable yeah
2: for the most part, yeah. Um, uh, I felt like uh, it depends on the wrestler, but uh, a guy like him who is isn't explosive off the start, I think he could have gotten a leg in. And uh, once I get a leg in, it's just a matter of time.
0: I mean, he's kind of right, dude. We Ohio State, you know, Bojo does kind of. He's good on top. He's good on his feet, but we're not getting up to <laughs> to.
1: Hey, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, were, were you not worried about Bojo getting on top, throwing that bright boot in, or what? Uh, no, I had prepared for
2: that. Uh, you, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, I would have, uh, of course, if it would have happened, I'd have just thrown it out and gotten away.
1: So Nice. Absolutely. And what about on your feet? You weren't worried about that single leg? <laughs>
2: um, you, the single leg wasn't a problem. Um, hitting the uh, ankles might've been a little bit of a trick, but, uh, he, he relies on a lot on, uh, dropping his hips on guys. Yeah. And, uh, so he'll let you get to his legs. And, uh, I was pretty, uh, Positive to his legs, I could have sucked his hips in, even with him trying to drop my hips on him, and uh, scored from
1: there. So I'm assuming you probably watched the finals between My Mar and Bo. No, Mark Hall. Or Mark Mm -hmm. Hall and Bo. Sorry, not My My Mar and Bo. I wish it was My Mar and Bo. That'd be great. Mark Hall and Bo. Um, Give me me the deets, and and, and don't be Homer towards one person or the other. Was that a takedown or not?
2: Honestly, I haven't watched it a second
1: time. I had a bad angle, I couldn't tell you. Oh, that's, that's, come on, you're uh, being to too political. To <laughs> but what, what, I, I'm
2: not, I, I, honestly, I couldn't tell.
1: We need you on, right, in like two seconds, we're going to record this specifically so we can put this on the intro. In a couple <laughs> seconds, I need you to say that was definitely two for Bojo. No. <laughs> no? Not going to do that? All
2: right. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, if it was, I'd admit it right away, but uh, I mean, uh, I was up in the stand, so it's, I didn't get a very
0: good view. It's all good. Ben, Ben's still feeling a little salty about that. It was two. I, don't, I was, can't blame
2: you. It was two. All right. All I mean, right. it wasn't as bad as the botch call they had for uh, Oliver against.
1: Uh, uh, he's going either. there. Oh, he's going there. Oh. <laughs> I love whoa. it. Whoa. I love Wait, it. Wait, hold on. No, Mr. Brunson here. <laughs> let me tell you, that the rules are different on takedowns at the time. All right. He oh, had, I know. He had that head trapped. No two. Ben, he's giving you shit right now. You got to oh, let him do it. Man. <laughs> I love it. That's messed up. All right, you versus Stieber right now. Who's going to win? <laughs> not playing. Um,
2: I got about fifty pounds on him, uh, but I still don't think I'd want him on top. So I'm, 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 I'm picking both up. <laughs> That's am Picking
1: out neutral. <laughs> yeah, that dude's gonna rip your arms off. All right, Zachariah, I, I sound like a stalker because not only did I yell at you from the stands and you gave me the thumbs up, but um, so I saw you out Saturday night. I'm not gonna say where, not gonna say why, but I saw you perusing around with some horrendous looking sweatshirt on. Tell me about that sweatshirt, dog.
2: Uh. I had, uh, I don't
1: know, I'm colorful. I don't No, I need more, uh, I need I more know, than I that. Play. I need
2: more than uh, that. I don't know. I, you know, I am come from Eugene, Oregon. It's kind of a hippie town. I it. Kind of we it. You know, we buy those, uh, kind of the trends nowadays. Well, it's like a potato sack sweatshirt. You got to keep that West Coast it? feeling. No, it ain't no potato. Bad. <laughs> I'm
1: just asking. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm sorry, Zach, but you're right. Oh, it- I get it. I get it.
2: Trust me, you weren't the only one to uh, flick me shit that night for having a goofy sweatshirt on.
1: <laughs> no, we saw it, and we're like, yep, definitely from Eugene, definitely Oregon, from Oregon, for sure.
0: <laughs> Looked like you needed to be co- like around a campfire playing a guitar or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. All right, Zach, man, we've had you on for about 45 minutes now. Um, I want to give you a chance to kind of – you got any last words for, you know, the people out there that listen to this podcast, anybody you want to shout out, this is your, you know, your time. So say, say what you got to say.
2: Hey, no, I just want to thank you two guys for doing this. You know, um, um, you're growing the sport, you know, uh, the way social media is changing nowadays, the uh, these are things we need guys. Uh, you no, know, people want this kind of, uh, 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 material. You know, they want to have podcasts and videos and stuff and, Uh, So I think you guys are doing great work. I got to thank you guys for doing this. You know, I hadn't heard about your guys' podcast until you told me, but I've listened to a few of them since. Uh, uh, You guys contacted me, and I'm hooked. You know, I'm excited to go tell other people about it.
0: Well, we really appreciate the kind words, man, and we really appreciate you coming on here with us today. Again, as I said earlier, like going into the season, there were a few guys that – we really were just hoping for good seasons from, I, and it's funny, you know, the, the majority of them had them. I, you know, you were one of them, obviously. Georgie D. Camillo from Virginia was another one. Um, we're very happy that you were able to get that elusive All-American finish. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, if, if you land in a coaching job someplace or you get on a coaching staff, whether it's at Illinois or someplace else, keep in touch with us because we're going to want to talk to you again and kind of hear from a coach for once about what it's like coaching kids. Yeah, absolutely. Excited for it. All right, Zach. Well, again, thanks a lot, man. We wish you the best. Keep in touch. And again, congratulations on that season. Um, And you, you know, enjoy yourself, man. Good luck finishing that college degree. Thanks, Dan. All right. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Take care, Zach. Yep. you You guys, too. All right, so there you have it. That is Illinois All American Zach Brunson. Man, big props to him for finally getting that uh, that proverbial monkey off his back and getting on that podium this year.
1: I, I still can't imagine what it would be like. You know, he he kind of he talked about it, and you know, he, you know, he talked about how he liked the matchup his senior year and everything like that. But still, I don't. What what is it like? I would I would pay to feel what it was like to, you know, wrestle in that blood round as a senior, not having not getting it done before like. Man, that's got to be one of the craziest emotions, you know, emotional roller coaster that you're going through. And then to win the match afterwards, like god, that must be awesome.
0: It just kind of goes to show you the the mindset that these athletes have. I mean, it, it's his some of his responses weren't what I were expecting, but I definitely respect his responses and it just goes to show you the different mindsets that these guys have that wrestle at that at such an elite level, and if you really want that feeling, Ben, I gotta imagine it's pretty close to getting kicked in the nuts. So you can pay me, and I will gladly kick you in the nuts right now. <laughs> no, I'm good
1: on that, but I think you hit on a good point that you know, I'm not sure we, as the average fans, give these wrestlers enough credit meant for their mental toughness. You don't win that match if you're not mentally tough. No. I don't care who it is. I mean, and, I, and
0: that's not to say that the, the guys that lose in that round, oh, yeah, aren't no, mentally no, 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 I, I didn't mean, I mean that, you know. There's a lot of guys that don't even to make it just to even make it to that point, you have to be mentally strong. Like he said, I mean, they they go through such a grind all season long to to basically be judged over 3 days at the end of their season.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's exactly, how their careers are defined. Yeah, that's exactly right. It doesn't matter what you did during the entire, you know, rest of the season. If if he if he lost that match to Bernstein, he never all Americans. You know, and that's man. That's why I like telling these types of stories. For sure. Because think about that, you know? What do you think about him going into coaching? you think he's going to make a good coach? You know, typically they say, you know, it doesn't always – not to say he didn't have a successful career, you know, and, and, well, and, and not to say that, you know, people like Kale Sanderson, who are the pinnacle of the sport, aren't great coaches, but it's typically not the people that were the best wrestlers, and I'm not knocking Zach Brunson there for that. No. I mean, it's not typically the, you know, four-time, you know, high-finishing AAs that make the best coaches. It's typically the guys that grind their way through, you know – are successful, but are also have other intangibles, such as being a team player you know that are going to make those best coaches so i think I think you know I don't know a ton about him, but I think that he could be a good coach i like it man yeah. i, I-, I- I wasn't expecting that I'd wrestle for him <laughs> if he, if I got a, a year of NAIA eligibility left He ain't going NAIA bro But you know what I, I'll do it if he does <laughs> There you have I'll it I'll strap a singlet on right now Oh god no please don't 141
0: Do you remember that time I That's went to your I only house? got to cut a little bit Do you remember that hot time I showed up at your house And you answered the door And your 112 pound wrestling singlet from high school With only half a strap being able to fit on your arm
1: 103 son. <laughs> 103 son Anyways if We digress all
0: right everybody that was uh that was Zach Brunson from Illinois, man. We hope you enjoyed what he had to say. um We had a blast talking to him uh this is a guy that's had such an interesting career i mean kind of battling that big ten grind he's been in some some brutal weight classes He was at one fifty four or i'm sorry one fifty seven his freshman year and then one seventy four uh three years after that and for wrestling fans out there, you know how brutal those one seventy four pound weight classes were in the in previous years especially man. the big ten Espe- especially in the big ten yeah. So,
1: I thought it was pretty cool. It was really cool, man. You know, I'm looking forward to be able to get back and you know doing you know our day to day b s and about you know certain things, but you know you know there's not much there's not a ton going on right now unless we're covering the you know the Ohio grade school state finals. You know there's not much to talk about at this point. <laughs> I'd rather talk to Zach Brunson all day. <laughs> no, than I agree talk with you that's <laughs> what I'm saying no um, great time talking
0: to him. great interview um so anyway. This was episode number 19 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Give us some feedback. We appreciate any and all of it. Ben, you got any last words? No.
1: Oh, I was nodding my head. Sorry. Yeah, the That's terrible podcasting etiquette. The
0: microphone doesn't pick up the head nod. What about
1: all the right. head bob?
0: No, not even that. All right, guys. If we got one piece of advice we can offer you, you know what it is. Don't wind up on your back, bro.